Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Local Talk podcast. Today, we want to have a look at a somewhat newer phenomenon on the publishing market in India, the literary agencies. I'm very proud that two big shots are joining me today. Thank you so much, Mita Kapoor and Anuj Badi, for taking the time to speak with me today. Mita Kapoor is the founder and CEO of Siyahi, India's leading literary consultancy. She also creates and produces literary festivals and book reading events. And she's also a writer and has published a number of books. Mita Kapoor is a journalist at the same time and writes regularly for many newspapers and magazines on social and development issues, along with travel, food and lifestyle humor stories. Thank you for having me. Anuj Badi graduated from the University of Delhi and then joined the legendary bookseller Spari Sons at Karn Market in New Delhi. After having worked with a bookstore for 20-odd years under the tutorship of Balraj Badi, Anuj looked at other avenues in the book trade and added a small publishing division, Tara India Research Press, and the literary agency Red Inc. to the existing line of business as a bookseller. 33 years after that day, with an all-round experience as bookseller, publisher, and literary agent, Anuj heads the group of Bari. Thank you so much once again. So let me uh, start <laughs> with asking a few very basic questions so that our readers and our listeners can get a better sense of what actually do you do and how does a literary agency work? Uh, well, as literary agents, uh, let me just put it very simplistically, we act as conduits between writers and publishers. So if you have a book, you've written it and you've sent it to us, we will obviously give you, handhold you through the creative process. We make sure that we hone the manuscript along with you uh, to a particular level where we know we are confident to pitch it out. We deal with publishers, we get the best offers in, we work with the contracts. We make sure that your editing processes, the book chapter designing process, marketing, visibility, promotion for your book, everything is then our headache. And we work alongside with the publisher and the writer in a way that we are a tripod. I always maintain this, that we are always on the same side of the fence, that the book is our focus and it must make it to the bookshelf on a bookstore, at a bookstore and do successfully, which means that we make, need to make sure that someone like Bari Sun sells thousands of copies of that book. Uh, but yes, our work doesn't get over from that point in time that we sign you on as an author. Um, our relationship is for life. We don't look at a particular book only. We look at the writer's trajectory. We manage a writing career. So, and uh, most importantly, I think what we share with our authors is that once they are with us, they are like family. They know that I'm constantly accessible and I am constantly accessible. Yes. So that's what a literary agent does. Hanan, should you add something? Just, just a little bit to add over here. Technically, when you join us or get added to a list with a literary agency, you technically become part of the company because most literary agents, uh, it's all over the world, work very, very closely with the author, especially if it's a novel, 
because that requires a one-on-one -on -one relationship with an editorial help. And uh, every agency has four or five editors, four agents, as you may call it. And one of them gets appointed to be your specific agent or your specific editor. And that is the person who holds you and walks you through the whole process till the time the book is placed with a good publisher. Do you represent mostly Indian authors only? Or do you also work for publishers? Do you also represent publishers from uh, other countries, authors from other countries? We do have uh, quite a vibrant, uh, uh, let's say, diversity in our list on Siahi, where we, are, uh, we represent authors from a lot of other countries. So we have uh, Belgians, we have Canadians, Americans, Iranians, Pakistani writers. We've got people from Sri Lanka. I'm just naming a few, a couple of Australians as well. Um, so there is this thing, and we do do reverse sales uh, into India. Uh, we also represent a few publishers uh, and a couple of people. Uh, we also represent uh, a few literary agencies for India, uh, acting as their co-agents for the Indian subcontinent and even for Southeast Asian rights. So it's, it's a pretty healthy mix of everything. See, we are a global community now, and there's no denying that. So that the, the global community gets reflected even on our list. And mm -hmm. it's a good book. It's a good book at the end of the day. Okay. You know? So adding to that, um, every agency takes authors from all over the world. So uh, our agency also has a lot of authors who are a non-Indian or Indians who have lived overseas. Uh, however, there is a focus that our agency has is that the book in any manner, whether it's a fiction or a non-fiction or whether it's a kid's book or whatever it may be, has to have a South Asia theme to it. And we have a lot of authors. So we've just added a new author uh, last year who is a Fulbright scholar, but writes only on India. And uh, so that's an addition that we have done uh, where we started taking in authors from other countries and other nationalities as well. But our core focus is South Asia. So somewhere down the line, if the book has something to do with South Asia, we're happy looking at it. Mm, okay. Um, I would like to inquire a little bit about the territories that you sell the rights into. Let's say if you represent an author from... Germany or Holland or Spain. Um, do, do you sell into the Indian territory only or Southeast Asia, South Asia or is it a bigger territory? No, in fact, uh, we look at, uh, depending on the rights you sign up on with that particular author slash agent slash publisher. Uh, in some cases, it's only for the Indian subcontinent. In most cases, it's for um, certain territories in Southeast Asia, along with India. And in some cases, we've even branched out into UK and US. For, uh, mm. for most, mostly, we try and do world, um, or unless the author originally lives in the US or UK, they've obviously sold the rights already. So we then take on the other territories. But I don't want to generalize on this. It goes case by case, book by book. It depends on the content of the book. It depends on what is the cultural context, like Anuj rightly said, and what is working in the market at that point in time. Mm. That's also very important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Okay. Do you also sell Indian language rights? Tamil, uh, Malayalam, and yes, so on. Yes, yes. One of the one of the mandates with which I began, Siahi, many years back, was that we have to have to promote cross-regional translation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's slow work, uh, and uh, it is most more painstaking work because translation on its own it does take time. It takes a special talent. It takes a lot of dedication, commitment. Uh, but yes, we. We've had a very enriching experience working with languages. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So yeah. we diversified a little bit into languages, and um, you know, for example, popular series like the Millennium series, the Stieg Larsson series. So our agency, so that's my agency, uh, represents the Stieg Larsson, uh, the Millennium series for um, for six languages uh, all across India. And I particularly like to work on uh, good, thrilling series uh, or works from, you know, around the world. For example, at this moment, we've got the Sikh Larson series, we've got Hakan Nasser, we've got Joe Nesbo. So uh, we've developed a thrilling list which can be converted into languages. And... Um, so we've just started doing some literary work also. Language is something which I am very, very particular about now. And we have two in-house translators now for Hindi within the agency. And it's a service which is provided to our authors. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm quite happy with the language format. I think the future for India, as far as lit agencies are concerned, is starting to look a lot like the European, uh, you know, uh, playground where one book gets converted into or translated into French and then automatically it gets, uh, you know, into, gets translated into five or six European languages. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think I'll second Anuj there. Like, for example, we've just uh, sold the Enola Holmes series into Sri Lanka, yeah. into Hindi. Mm -hmm. And there is work going on on three or four other languages in India. Uh, and we've, we're also looking at, uh, let's say, an Indian author who settled in the U.S. It's a nonfiction book for young adults, um, heavily researched. And we're right now working on an offer for just publishing in India, in English, and a series of other languages as well. So it's a multi-pronged approach. And I completely agree with Anuj uh, that I think the, the diversity of languages that we have and the reach that we can have within our own country in terms of readers in different languages is something that needs to be tapped into even more and more seriously. Absolutely. Uh, because there is a lot of interest. There is a lot of uh, reading that's happening. And uh, side by side, I think we are also exploring the market for podcasts and languages and audiobook mm. rights in languages. So, and to add to that, and I think Anuj will agree with me there, we're all, I think, and I know that he's working on it the same way as I am, on uh, getting screen adaptations done. Sorry, Anuj, I'm just oh, yeah. echoing what you're already <laughs> going to say. <laughs> yeah. You see, screen adaptation um, gets us the money to actually do a wider range of work. So because screen adaptations always have a higher value than a book right. But nonetheless, we first have to create the book. 
So Gold Files famous book. Uh, so we now have a Hindi edition of that, and uh, it's it's quite popular actually. And I'm very surprised we've done a beautiful hardcover edition. The publisher has done this, and uh, he's only priced it very low for a hardcover at three hundred and fifty. That's that's great, yeah. And the book covers, by the way, really nice. Yeah, I do really love it actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know Thank how it is showing in the reflection, but mm-hmm. it's looking really good. And the translation is superb. It's actually because you see, um, there are two kinds of translations. One is a literal translation, which is a word-to-word translation. But somehow, for novels, we need to have an understanding of the emotion of the book before we actually get into the translation. And that is where I'm. Uh, I'm very happy to have developed. This uh, two of these editors who are translators for us for Hindi, and they are in house. They are really good. Okay, wow, sounds great. You were just mentioning that uh, with screen adaptations, uh, that gives gets you the money. Can you tell us a little bit about the business model of an agency? Where do you make the money, and how long does it take? Um, I mean, your agencies have been founded in Siahi in two thousand and seven, for instance. How long does it take for an agency to be able to? Actually, break even or to make money. Ladies first. Claudia, <laughs> we, we don't. This is a labor of love. This is absolutely a not-for-profit organization uh, where I'm actually linking whatever Sahi does with supporting two schools for girls in a village about an hour away from Jaipur. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't start Sahi to make money. Okay. Because I knew that the publishing industry in our country is uh, is where, where, where publishing is where we are, and we know very well that, that that listen there can't be a business model, frankly speaking. One because I suck at business. I'm just nuts about books, and I'm completely committed and mad and passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, to think in numbers is something that doesn't come to me, but. When it comes to negotiating for my authors, I am I can be very very persuasive. So, yeah, getting them good deals is my job. As far as making money for Siahi, I don't know. I think someone up there is looking after us year after year, month after month. Screen adaptations do help us. Do help us because uh, we we do we do get the uh, bandwidth. In terms, uh, in terms of fiscal uh, power, to invest our time and energy into searching more, into developing more and more pitches for uh, movie rights and for OTT platforms, uh, we are doing a lot of work on that. This thing, so we are developing a whole list of authors who are only writing for the screen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just got two of them, three of them. Sorry, four of them just got. Uh, agreements done to develop original um, content for web series um, and they are hard at work uh, but it's all very exciting because it's a completely different medium I know I've I've kind of uh, meandered from your original question about how do we break even well we are still struggling Anuj what's your take on mm-hmm. that you know every lit agent has its own journey has um... Uh, has a has a different path to follow. Uh, when I started agenting, so my first book was something that I actually sold to uh, uh, the uh, the German market, and that 
is what got me so interested because i i used to i used to help a lot of authors push their works at frankfurt because i used to go to frankfurt all the time not just as an agency but as as a visitor to frankfurt and so my first deal that i did ever which was for a commercial gain was so big that you know i i there was no reason for me not to follow uh, this path uh, so you know i'm talking about when the euro had just changed from the deutschmark to euro and everything remained the price structure as the same only the value of the currency changed because from dm to euro you know my first sale was to roholt i think for 180000 euro and I, that was a lot of money at that time so you know for me there was no looking back and then of course you know i have my commitments because i also run uh, a bookstore actually we have six bookstores but it's part of the same chain and my commitment to writing is is very very strong i have a, a writer in house my daughter is a, is a world recognized author uh but besides that uh i i think every agency must look at money also as an aspect because at the end of the day the publisher is looking at it for a commercial gain then you as an agency have to follow that pattern and try and get a good deal i won't say the best deal a good deal 100% i agree with you there which is like uh, claudia i i actually wanted to say a phrase in hindi which anuj would have burst out laughing at i refrained because in terms of being proper and polite but um, i will still be irreverent and say when it comes to negotiating a good deal for my authors i'm a, i'm like a baniya i'm i'm very very like hard about it with publishers and i agree with anush that we have to because it's a commitment to our authors first and foremost so while looking at the overall business picture i we, we can't say whether we are breaking even or making money etc but yes to get that respect to that author and her work or his work uh, that is our paramount duty mm. the publisher is only evaluating the manuscript commercially So yeah. you know, so for example, if one of my author is selling eight million copies, I I see no reason why the author, the agency, and all the people attached to it should not gain from it. Why should only the publisher enjoy? Because look, it's our job at the end of the day to evaluate a manuscript, not just for the literary value for it, but also for the economic and commercial value. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. and there has to there has mold has to be broken because the normal belief in india is that you can't make money from writing i think people like anuj and i can make that difference and we can yeah, break yeah, that mold sure. mm-hmm. yeah we have to we have to break that mold because we can't yeah. it's about survival at the end of the day it's also about um we we can't just continue living in this bubble saying oh writing doesn't make us money no that's like a very easy lazy fall back that's not the way to go mm. and not the way forward at least yeah. at all and claudia it is not uh, it is not necessary for a manuscript so you know so while neeta is working on a certain kind of a listing uh, our agency is working on a different kind of a listing and my philosophy is very simple um there is always going to be that one literary work which is going to get you 
the awards, the accolades, and and the recognition the world over. Mm-hmm. But come to come to the basic system, how a publishing house works. It is the John Grisham that actually gets the publisher the ten million copies to sell, and it's a thriller. And everybody says, you know, why do we need an agency for a thriller? I- I'm sorry, that is where you make your money. Yeah. So if thriller is actually going to get you the money, you would be able to pay the hundred thousand dollars for the uh, the big novel, the literary novel. Where does the publisher get the money from? So I have no, I have no qualms about saying that yes, my team develops some great. Thrillers. I mean, I have had people who has been uh, in 2016 and 17 who was uh, given title of the uh, time writer of the year, and uh, so he had a private dinner with Hakim Nasser uh, when Hakim was visiting here, and and I think it's a great honor for him to be recognized as the crime writer of the year. You know, my my agency, um, I so my all the agents who work with us. um you know we're very happy developing thrillers as well um and and we feel that a good thriller has a market and good sales um so for us a good writing is good writing it can be in any genre it can be a genre writing it can be a literary fiction it can be a lit commercial it can be a non fiction as long as the writing style and the standard is high we're we're okay with it we don't work with too many authors i think we add probably four or five new authors every year and we have a very select list of about i think about 60 65 authors now which is which is good for any agency mm-hmm. and i don't think uh, my agents or my other editors have um, have the capacity to handle more than five new authors a year Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me quickly ask you just a technical question. When you um, when we talk about um, making profits or even breaking even, the income f- uh, for the agenting works is a percentage of the fee that is being paid to the writer. Correct. That's that is the right. income. Yeah. That's the most important right. business that's model. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So that's the model I follow. I'm not sure uh, whether the same model works for Meeta because she's. also doing something as a literary consultancy so we don't do the consultancy at all um uh, i don't know meeta may be able to answer that better so, but, uh, yeah, so as, as far as agenting is concerned we yes we follow the commission model only like all other literary agents do for consultancy our work becomes different and de- de- depends it uh, varies from project to project mhm yeah i can imagine yeah yeah so your literary consultancy is where you consult authors and help authors to to develop right so yes we do develop content for different kinds of uh, i mean the the demand for developing content is very different from one entity to another and i use the word entity because it can be a writer it can be a company it can be any other organization we do that mm. um and i guess i also develop content when i write myself uh, when i'm as a journalist so that's a different <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course of I course you come under sahi but um, i don't know yeah i think we all contain multitudes and uh, i think we have shifting identities uh, all the time mm mm-hmm. yeah in essence meeta saying she follows the trail of the money <laughs> i wish <laughs> 100% <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. So let me um, ask you a little bit about times we live in now uh, with the pandemic. The pandemic has hit India very, very hard um, at some point. How does the, did the pandemic and the not being able to travel um, affect your business? I know you spoke, you talked uh, about Frankfurt and that you've traveled to Frankfurt every year for so and so many years. Mita, you do the same. All of a sudden, uh, everything Claudia, was canceled and we couldn't travel anywhere. Yes, but uh, Claudia, the good part is travel has started. We've already started traveling within the country. We don't have any problems now. I do a fair amount of travel. I've already done three trips out of, outside the city. So um, travel has come back and... Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to being able to travel overseas or within the country because a lot of our talent, you see, it's important for any agent to to be in touch with the authors, not just by phone or by email. And it's a very personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship. And it's important to keep in connect with the authors uh, regularly. So um, I have a lot of authors or my agency has a lot of authors outside the circle of Delhi. And I travel a fair amount and be in touch with them at least once every quarter uh, with mm -hmm. personal one on one. So I think it's important. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mita, how did you? We just had to pivot around. And uh, I think our hours on the phone and on Zoom uh, skyrocketed. I think I was, my working hours became from the usual eight to 10 hours to about 12 to 14 hours because. And we were constantly uh, reaching out to our writers, not just an email is a very impersonal medium of communication. I find it a little lacking. Um, for me, it was a lot of video calls with my authors because we couldn't obviously meet them. We did, in fact, land up having a busier schedule as far as work is concerned because a lot of people took to writing. So a lot more feedback, a lot many more manuscript submissions. It's been, it, there's a joke in my family, you know, my kids tell me, mom, nothing happened to you during the pandemic. You still walk from your room to your office, uh, <laughs> the same manner that you used to before. The only thing I really missed uh, and I was really miserable about it was traveling and meeting my writers face-to-face -face or meeting publishers face-to-face. -face. Like, you know, because when you physically meet the level of brainstorming, the ingenuity, the creativity that kind of juices over is of a different level. Um, even though we've, we've braved it and we've become used to uh, zooming our way through the last one and a half years, I still miss that. And yes, uh, like Anuj, have taken to traveling within the country uh, without any fear because of being vaccinated and masking up all the time. And uh, yeah, I'm actually... I've been to Delhi a few times already to meet with people. And uh, thank yeah, God is something I'm me. missing. Anuj, I came to your shop. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank God is something. Yes, I am missing it so much. You can't imagine. And it's coming, it's coming to be that time of the year. And um, yeah, that mm. energy is something that, yes, it just... You know, cannot be created going, through Zoom, right? Going from yeah, going from one meeting to another. Although we are fixing up a lot of meetings virtually at this point in time, like we did last year as well. Uh, and work has happened. It's not that work hasn't happened. It you has know, happened. in this manner, in this manner, I'm 
I'm I'm a true agent, so I forget all my Zoom meetings. And uh, look, uh, there is something very very personal about being an agent. I still prefer to talk one on one rather than be part of a a Zoom conference with an author. The team, whenever more than one agents are needed to discuss something, because I head the agency, so I try and sit at every meeting with an author uh, because there's a different agent involved. And uh, but I still I still prefer the old fashioned way. And like I said, I'm a good agent, so I I forget my Zoom appointments. Mm, okay. And has this <laughs> the, the 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 fact that uh, for a long time you couldn't meet in person so those, yeah. those important meetings has this somehow affected the the business? I mean, Mita, you said the work was there anyway, but has it affected the business? So we, that publishers, we, because of the, let's say, the publishing market was also quite down, um, did publishers buy less, for instance? Uh, well, there was a complete shutdown last year, I would say, but I don't think the publishers stopped buying. The numbers got crunched, yes. The sizes of the advances, yes. Uh, the kind of genres that started working, not working, all that was a little fluid. It, there were changes, but then there would be changes Uh, driven by market trends in any case, right? So if you look at it that way, um, I think what the publishing industry did was power on very, very bravely. Like everyone was down and out, but everybody was putting up this um, confidence, which we were digging up from somewhere from deep within inside us. And uh, the publishers with their spirit showed that resilience. Uh, yes, they did. Uh, their sales were completely, completely affected. Retail was really suffering. Anuj knows better than me. Uh, but I must say that I think we Indians as a nation are a resilient lot. We are bouncing back and we will bounce back. So business, yes, I mean, the numbers did get crunched 100% in terms of whatever the income was, whatever the advances were. Uh, and a lot of contracts got pushed to like end of 2022 or middle of 2023, but that's fine. So be it. At least the journey is on. You haven't stopped. That's the most important part of, you know, kind of having tided over this time. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to support our authors, um, handholding them through whatever means of, Uh, communication that is preferred by them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anand, do you like to add to that? Yes, the agent is the one that has to give solace to the author and to ensure and to make sure that uh, the author understands that this is not the end of the world. Of course, these are trying times. And even though everybody sees Uh, the problems around you, but sometimes it's very difficult to explain to a young interview writer that why your manuscript is taking longer than normal. Uh, so it's a very delicate, uh, you know, uh, balance that we uh, that we have to establish between the author, publisher, and us. But there's one thing in these trying times that has actually helped all of us is we have found new avenues for publishing, previously we used to look at always doing the book first and then looking at any other right. But 
during the pandemic and during the lockdown, we found a whole lot of new avenues where we did not need to look at a book first. I mean, of course, the manuscript is the book, but we could actually, and we were very happy and successful in either first selling it as an original OTT digital platform uh, script, or even to the extent as an original audiobook. Uh, and because the money for the audiobook has increased now, it's no longer a percentage that you used to work on. So it's a, it's a very new thing where audio publishers are investing in originals. And also the podcast has become one added facility for us uh, where publishers are now developed which are only for podcasts. And we've had some good success there. Uh, so I think this has opened up the literary world rather than just following the standard norm of the book first and then audio and then audiovisual. So we can actually switch into any model before and then sell the book later. I mean, it's happened with two or three of our titles and we are very happy about it because, um, you know, we've seen the money first and the continuity of business. I will echo what Anuj is saying. He's absolutely right. It has given us a lot more flips. But that's what I said. Like we had to pivot, right? And you had to reinvent and you had to find ways to survive. And these are the mediums that you survive through. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Let me um, ask you a little bit about Indian authors and the translation. Many countries uh, have uh, translation funding programs in order to get their authors translated into another language, let's say Germany, uh, Norway, many, many countries. What about India? Is there any translation funding program from the Indian government or from an Indian institution that would help sell Indian authors to other countries? Well, there are some grants. It's just that it's not as easy in India as it is in other countries. Like you mentioned, Norway, there's also Russia, there's also um, countries like Turkey and um, even Czech Republic has a translation grant, etc. So yeah, a lot of European countries work in the same manner. Uh, in India, it's there in pockets. It's, I'd be very honest, it's not that easily accessible to everyone. You really need to know how to navigate your space through this uh, area. But what we've done is we've taken a direct approach. We just deal with language publishers directly. So like there's there are a few authors of ours that we've got translated into at least more than 12 or 14 languages already. And not just one book, many books. So it also depends from book to book. There's another format for languages which, uh, you know, authors can actually use um, or be part of on their own as well. If an author feels that because of the lack of many organizations or an organized sector for translations of those books into other languages, number one, is where we have a pool of editors who actually translate as well. And one, we can translate the book for them and then approach the publishers, like Nita has said, that, you know, we work with a lot of language publishers directly. Uh, so we do the translation and the translation is now available. So just like most European publishers do, uh, let's say you do four or five 
chapters and then show samples. So what we try and do is we do uh, probably half the book and, and then go to publishers because publishers here do want to read the book before. Uh, I don't know why, because if a book is successful in English, then automatically it would be successful in those local languages as well. But it's just a system of work that has developed here. So we follow the system and we do translate some of the novels or some of the work and then go to publishers. One more model for foreign languages that has worked with Indian writing, specifically Indian writing, is there are a lot of independent translators in Europe, especially if you're talking about European languages, where the translator would translate a certain book that they have liked and would approach publishers of high repute, not just ordinary publishers, high repute, and they would try and translate a certain section and pitch it to the publisher the European market. So this is a model that has actually worked for a lot of publishers and for a lot of books that are from the local uh, Indian market, maybe in English, maybe in Hindi or any other language. Mm. Well, I mean, I can see that in Germany, we don't have so many Indian authors which have been translated into German. And it's a pity because there is such a vibrant scene and you're representing such in interesting and vivid authors and great authors. And it's a pity that the German For instance, the German community doesn't get to read more of them. And I suppose that one of the reasons is that the funding is not so easily available. Yeah, but what Anut said yes, is, is actually fair. right. Uh, you know, some, pe some people do approach us also that they're very passionate about a particular book and they, they give us translation samples and then they, they help us approach publishers directly. Uh, but you're very right, Claudia. I think we need, we need to push the German market a little more. And yeah. I think you should be, you should be associating with us and helping us out. <laughs> yeah. We'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, we are Thank almost you. coming to an end of this podcast. Um, but what I would like to know um I would like to ask you all uh, or ask you both um, a question and I will start with Mita and I would like to know, um, I, I read that you are also the producer of the Women Up Summit and I'd be very interested to know how women fare in the literary world. Um, uh, it's even in Germany it's still the case that authors are being paid more. I mean, male authors are being paid more and higher advances than female authors and so on. Now it's uh, slowly changing and we have more women also in the management of big publishing houses, but it took a long time. What is the situation in India for women in the literary world? Okay, so let me give a two-part answer to this. When it comes to the publishing industry in India, I think women are fairly very well represented. The the disconnect where you see the representation in terms of people, I'm talking about professionals in the industry, uh, is that you'll find fewer people on the business side, on the finance side, on the sales side, uh, when it comes to working within the publishing industry, which is something that needs to change desperately because I feel women can really sell and work better. I think we multitask a lot better and we are more intuitive and sensitive and empathetic um, as well as being professional. Um, but when it comes to women writers versus male writers, I don't know. I've, I know this is an ongoing debate internationally and it is hurtful because we know that there have been cases 
across the world where women writers haven't been paid uh, equitably. Um, Sama, I don't think the case is so much uh, gender-based in India. The case in India comes more from certain writers because they've made a name for themselves will automatically command the prize. Whereas if there is a debut writer who is probably a stronger writer than the source, the said whatever other writer that I'm acclaimed writer, just because you fall under the club class of uh, your club as a debut writer, you can't possibly get that kind of uh, remuneration, which I think is a major problem. The book can be, and I've, I've known cases where the book is stronger and I've actually fought and fought and fought and said, but you know what? I can actually read out passages if you want to compare a similar book by somebody else or, you know, see the kind of writing and, you, you, you know, you, if you can put your money behind this and have the vision to market and make it visible, this book will overtake a lot many more people. So this, this is more of a disconnect that I see. It's not so gender-based, I feel, in India. The, the gender-based discrepancies are societal. We are still in the 18th yeah, century. I'm uh, sorry, I'm... You know, I'm so that is a ubiquitous condition. Yeah, you can wait here also. I don't have an issue. So I would I would like to sum it up like that. Mm. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's I, good to know. I, I, I beg to differ a little bit from Meeta here. I'm from the old school. Um, 60% of the writers are female. That's a given. 60% of the readership in the world are female. And I think you all should read that article, I think, last month that Guardian had. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the Guardian, if I'm not wrong. It was. Where the, U- where the UK publishers don't want any male authors anymore. No more. So it's all female writers. And that was a very big eye-opener because if you see in the Western world, especially in UK, most of the contracts that have been signed last year are all female. So as a male writer, it is hard to sell yourself. As a female writer, it is much easier. So I'm from the old school and I believe in that old hierarchy. So if you looked at an old hierarchy of a publishing house before, the boss would always be male. And everybody in the commissioning or editorial were female. And that is so in the case with most German publishing houses as well. Yeah, but that starts changing. Yeah, I know it's changing. That's not something what I'm, um, I'm talking about. What I'm just saying is there is a fair amount of representation for female writers and for female workers in the, in the book industry as such. Yes, only in the category of sales because sales requires a lot of travel and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, doing a lot of cheers over a beer, uh, which I'm sure uh, uh, the male sales uh, forces are better at. I mean, look, it's... Not so late. sure. And they, still, and they still can't sell books well. So <laughs> what if they have the beer? Actually, actually, no. But you see, it's a hand in hand. Uh, for some people, it's required as a female force. For some, uh, you know, it requires as a male force. But they both go hand in hand. 
Yes, it's changing. Uh, however, if you look at most of the big Indian writers, for example, I mean, you're looking at uh, two of the biggest novels. Uh, look at Arundhati Roy. Look at uh, uh, Chitra Banerjee. These are all female writers. And these are the novels that go on to sell the millions and millions of copies. So it would not be a fair representation. But yes, uh, um, I will go with Nita what she says. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, nice. you do. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So one more last question. Siahi, what does it mean? Oh, it means ink in Urdu. Oh, okay. And red ink is the ink. Uh, how <laughs> come you chose it. red ink? Um, look, uh, red is actually a color which goes with editorial. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not as literate as everybody else. Uh, I'm a very uh, hardcore uh, commercial reader. Uh, I, I like red ink. I like the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took it. As simple as that. Okay, great. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for your sharing your insights and discussing with Thank me so some much. of some of um, impo- some important issues in the Indian publishing market and agenting market. And we would love to see more Indian authors on the German market. So let's keep Thank working for that. Thank you very much. It was really nice talking to you, Claudia. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.